This is Brian Reisman. Welcome to Side Jams, which is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Since joining the ranks of Judas Priest for their world tour in 2011, guitarist Richie Faulkner has brought a fresh voice and energy to the iconic British heavy metal band. He has reinvigorated their ranks, and his presence as both a performer and songwriting collaborator has led to two more Priest studio releases, including 2018's Firepower. That inspired album became the most acclaimed in nearly 30 years, and it went top five in over 15 countries. It also became their highest charting album ever in America. Not bad for a band that turned 50 this year. Another long-running and beloved enterprise is the Star Wars franchise. For this episode of Side Jams, Richie spoke with me via Skype from his home base in Nashville about his love for that epic sci-fi saga, which has spawned three movie trilogies, numerous television series and video games, and myriad media tie-ins and merchandise. He expressed his admiration for the original series, addressed criticisms of the new one, plus we geeked out over many other Star Wars-related topics. When I first came up with the idea for Side Jams, I had hoped Richie and I could chat about his passion for Star Wars, and the Force was with me on this one. Well, hello, Richie. Thank you for coming on to Side Jams. Of course, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. It's nice to chat with you again. This time, we're not going to talk about music. We're, well, we can talk about guitar picks, because I know since you're going to talk about you being a big Star Wars fan, I've noticed you have a lot of Star Wars-themed guitar picks that people have been collecting. Yeah, it was just something that I've been doing over the last you know, few years, really, to give something to the fans. It's a bit of fun. You know, they can collect. I don't sell them. They're officially licensed by LucasArts, so... We, uh, we license them, which means we can't sell them, which makes them all the more exclusive. You know, if you, if you make something like that and put it, put it for sale, it loses its um, exclusivity, you know. So um, I basically do a run per tour. I think it's been bounty hunters and there's also been uh, some ships. So, yeah, just to keep it a bit, you know, a bit of fun. Not that it isn't fun anyway, but just a extra fun, you know. Who, who doesn't like a bit of extra fun? So the picks <laughs> are just something that people can collect and, they ask me if I can, you know, sell them uh, an individual pick, and that that takes away all the fun. You've got to be there. You've got to be close enough. You've got to catch it. You've got to, you know, all that sort of stuff that goes with a with a heavy metal with a heavy metal show in the flesh. You know, there's a lot of things you can do these days on YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, you can you can watch a live show. You can, you know, watch whatever, but um, you can't recreate that live experience. And that's just part of that, really. And it's kind of accentuating that live experience for some people. So yeah, and. Plus tying in Star Wars wherever I can, that's always important. <laughs> well, you've got like the Millennium Falcon, a TIE Fighter. I think there might be a Stormtrooper helmet on one of them. Uh, the Stormtrooper helmets, yeah. It was, the Stormtrooper helmet was um, a long time ago. I mean, the the main ones were the, so far have been the Bounty Hunters, and I lose track. And I've made some that haven't actually made it to tour. You know, so I've made, made a couple. I've got a couple of prototypes that don't even exist. So I lose track. There's like Slave One. Uh, the Shuttle Tidarium. I don't think Shuttle Tidarium made it out. Millennium Falcon is a TIE Fighter advance. So there's, there's there's different things, you know, and and some things also translate different to to print on something that small, you know. So yeah. some things, you know, get left off, and some things work, so they obviously get used. So yeah, it's good fun, man, and uh, I, I, get, I hope people dig it, you know. So we're looking forward to the next run when we go out on the 50th anniversary. What the next run what the theme is going to be on that so i've got to put that into production so it's exciting i thought i saw a picture of you playing with a stormtrooper helmet on unless that was a photoshop job no that was um i think that was around 2014 2015 i can't remember but it was um it was around halloween okay so um rob had a mask on and uh, i had a i was going to we had a day off actually on halloween i think this, the show was either the day before or the day after so i had a, a stormtrooper suit of armor so for the show i just you know in spirit of the occasion me and rob put a couple of masks on so uh, yeah that, that that was real 
it was really hard, obviously, to see. You know, <laughs> running jokes. They, they know why stormtroopers don't hit anything, and it's absolutely true. If you're sitting in the car, you can't sit down, you can't see anything. It's uh, so you just have to go by feel. But it's yeah, you know, again, man, just just for the fun of it, really. Are there anything any Star Wars items that you've collected over the years and things that you're looking for? Well, I'm I'm into uh, troopers and and Boba Fett mainly. So I'm a big fan of sideshow collectibles. I don't know if you know them, but they do yeah, yeah. some great pieces. But the main ones, as I said, like the main ones are Stormtroopers, Boba Fett, Obi-Wan sometimes, uh, Vader. I prefer things without um, a face because I always find that it's slightly, you know, they, I mean, these, these sculptures are fantastic. But to me, it, it looks like the character, but it, it doesn't look like the actor, if you know what I mean. It's right, right. slightly different. So I, I prefer, like, as I said, Boba Fett, Stormtroopers, Vader, anything with a helmet is... It's just easier to get spot on, in my opinion. And then anything that's, uh, you know, collect a few lightsabers and stuff like that. There's a, there was a company called Master Replicas. I think they lost a license a few years ago, but you can still get them. But they're stupid expensive now because, obviously, the license ran out. So, um, but yeah, a few of those. And whatever comes along, really, you know, there's always stuff around. So, and when we're on tour, you know, I either go guitar shopping or, you know, um, model hunting, you know. So it's one of those hobbies and interests you can take all around the world really and sometimes you get like exclusive you go to japan you're going to get a different set of it's like records you know like you go and yeah for limited edition records and bootlegs in japan versus the states or versus europe you know you're going to get a different assortment of what's available so it's always exciting to go to different areas and and uh, and cultivate the hobby you know I mean, someone went to Disney Disney World and they got me like a Mickey Mouse with a lightsaber because obviously since Disney owns Star Wars now then Lucasfilm they can do that yeah there was a few years ago there was um again fan of boba fett and a fan of donald duck donald duck's my favorite uh, disney character so there was actually a uh, a boba fett donald duck and it was killer and uh i think i mean it was a few years ago now but um that's the only piece of pre-disney memorabilia if that makes any sense you know before disney took over yeah they, they had a limited edition piece and that was killer man again donald duck and boba fett's uh, a killer combination I'm a little older than you, so I imagine you probably didn't get to see Star Wars originally theatrically. I didn't, know. Obviously, uh, 77 was the first one. 1990 was uh, Empire. So I was born in 80. So I, I kind of got all that stuff from older cousins that were into it. Uh, you know, maybe four or five, six years older than me. We had a big family, you know, quite a close family. So we, they'd kind of passed down the knowledge. They'd have the figures and they'd have the, the VHS tapes and stuff. So we'd watch it. Uh, through them so we didn't actually we were too young to see it uh, um, in the theater but uh, we were definitely there to kind of grow up with it and young enough but old enough to know what it was and have an affinity and a passion for it and uh, but then I saw them I saw the re-releases you know mid to late 90s I think it was yeah Um, could be wrong about that they added extra material in too to prepare us for the prequel trilogy he wanted to update them yeah which is a shame you know I mean people have different uh, opinions about all that stuff depending on I guess you know if you saw one of those for the first time and that was your introduction to star wars i guess it wouldn't make any difference but you know for those of us that saw the the original releases and you know got used to them and loved them for what they were it was a bit of a bit of a shock really to see some of that stuff well i watched them recently uh, you know i watched the original trilogy uh last week you can only get like, the, the remade editions now with all those silly bits in them like java yeah. uh, in um uh, a new hope and stuff and it just it's just so like out of place and out of context and there's reused lines from uh, Han and Greedo and then Han and Jabba it's like I don't know why they do that sort of stuff but I mean I guess it's like music you know if you had the chance to do it 
some people would go back and I guess they do they remaster uh, old albums but they don't go and mess with the riffs or anything like that they just yeah, yeah. maybe turn it up a little bit and <laughs> add a little bit of bottom end but you, you take my point it's uh, someone like George Lucas and creators in general they're you know sometimes you've got to let it go even if you know it's, it's hard to achieve perfection and sometimes you just got to let things go but then he, he went back and messed with it but we well, missed yeah, it more than once too released the originals yes he did yeah so i mean the original the original trilogy even with the changes i think you know my favorite three of the of the nine yeah i still empire is still my favorite of all of them um there's always a debate about the original versus empire but i always feel like empire was it was darker and it was a bit more they'd established the characters and they could do a bit more with it yeah, I mean, I think um, the only thing that would trump it, I think maybe, would be Star Wars: A New Hope is a standalone movie if it needed to be. You know, apart from the uh, the open-ended Vader at the end spiraling out into space, I think it's you know it starts it as a middle, there's an objective and as an end, and they win and that's it. You know, it's, uh, whereas uh, Empire is definitely part two of something. You know, uh, I think Star Wars, in that sense, A New Hope is maybe more of a complete movie, but as a trilogy, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I, I used to love Jedi. Uh, Jedi used to be my favorite, but um, I, I like the trilogy as a whole. You know, it's, it's hard to say which one is your favorite. I'm crap with favorites anyway, but um, it's hard to say which one's your favorite when they're a trilogy like that because they all kind of complete the whole. Now I know you were sort of on, you were on the fence about the Force Awakens, and you were kind of the, you felt the new trilogy was law of diminishing returns essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I was. On, I mean, it's pretty much a reboot of um, A New Hope, The Force Awakens. So I was on the fence. I understood what they were doing. There's a lot of thought gone into this after the fact, but it, it was like they were reuniting the trilogy. I got that. It was what Star Wars was about, and I understand there's a new generation and all that. And then something happened with The Last Jedi. It just I was ready to walk out of the movie theater within the first five minutes. Now, I've never been one to really? walk out of a movie theater. Yeah, I mean, I just sort of I couldn't believe the tone, the humor, pretty much the opening scene. I was ready to walk out. And, you know, it just got continually worse than that from there. And, you know, the revelation, well, it wasn't really a revelation, but knowing afterwards that they had no complete story plan for the whole trilogy was just mind-blowing to me. And it was, you know, horribly obvious. Yeah. Um, Last Jedi, I couldn't stand it. Um, and by the time The Rise of Skywalker came out, I could watch it and enjoy it. But the sad thing is my brain was telling me there were things that were wrong or didn't make sense or stupid. But by then, unfortunately, Disney had got me. They, You know, I don't care anymore couldn't care less i'll just sit there and eat me popcorn if you know what i mean which is terrible because i'm a huge star wars fan but uh you know my brain yeah. was telling me things ain't right but i was just sitting there in the movie theater watching it and i enjoyed it but as i said didn't really care anymore so that's a shame i love rogue one i think that's the best one of the lot of yeah the yeah Disney lot uh didn't really care for solo couldn't care really um but loved 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 rogue one but you know i'm an, I'm an Ridge boy so uh you know, and watching them recently kind of re reaffirmed <laughs> that fact. I liked Last Jedi, except for I, I think the detour to the whole casino thing kind of uh, got me a little bit. I, I didn't mind it having a different tone, but then for me, when I got to Rise of Skywalker, then I felt like they were backpedaling on the stuff that the fans didn't like about Last Jedi. And I wonder if there's a bit of a distinction between Gen Xers and Millennials where uh, there's different viewpoints on the trilogy and how it uh, how it affects them. I'm curious, like how younger viewers had a different take on Last Jedi more than people who grew up with the original trilogy. Oh, no doubt. It's like it's like music. You know, you listen to old albums or you listen to new albums or someone's introduction to Priest. 
uh, you know, around early 90s would be totally different from someone's introduction to Priest mid to late 70s. And therefore, they'd have a totally different opinion, you know, whether they're Gen Xers or, or, or not, you know, whatever generation someone's at, whenever they're introduced to something is what they're going to base their opinions and all that sort of memories and nostalgia from. So without a doubt, it's the same kind of, it draws parallels with music. It's interesting, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard because I know some people don't want their childhood memories messed with, and I, I try to be open-minded. It's, it's a little tricky. It's kind of like the Aliens movies because as they go on, they change. Like, the first two Aliens movies are great. Alien 3 is sort of is what it is. I actually like aspects of the fourth one, although it's very inconsistent. And then, like, I actually like Alien vs. Predator, as ridiculously stupid a movie it is. It's just, it knows that no, it's a, a dumb monster movie. But I, the sequel's terrible, but the first one, I love. I've seen it, like, three times, and people probably think I'm crazy, but... <laughs> no, I agree with you. The, the actual premise of it's good. The execution, maybe not so much, but the actual the premise was hinted at in Predator 2. Um, you know, they were hunting the xenomorphs, they were hunting things. The premise of it is actually sound. I like it. And if you can overlook the execution. But then again, you can... I don't know about you, but I can... You know, you can get some movies like The Thing... Where the execution is, is it, again, dude, the parallels with uh, music, sometimes the production may be not the best, you know, the, right. the most well executed, but you can get past it. The songs are great. The sentiment's great. You know, and Alien, Alien 1, I think, is, is a perfect movie. Still, again, I watched that last week as well. We had a bit of a movie binge, obviously, considering the, the current state of affairs. So we watched Alien, Aliens. Uh, Aliens is, a, again, pretty much a flawless movie. Totally different movie. Different, obviously, it, was, it yeah. wasn't... Um, you know, it was Cameron over Ridley Scott, but different movie, but almost flawless movie. But um, again, someone, to your point, someone, you know, if my six-year-old nephew watched Alien with its production values, he'd probably think it's rubbish compared with something a bit more modern, yeah. not as, um, not as what's the word? I don't know what the word, not as nuanced, a bit more popcorn-y. He might enjoy that more because that's the generation he grew up in. So, you know, yeah. you, might, you might have a point. I mean, how do like your younger relatives or your know, like nephew view the newer Star Wars movies versus the older Star Wars movies? Hey, couldn't care less. That's the problem. I mean, I can only speak to my own family with the with the new the new trilogy. Couldn't care yeah. less. He, he watches that the same as he watches Aladdin. You know, it's it's a movie and, and uh, that's it. Maybe that's maybe that's the secret. But uh, when we were six, we were we were living it. You know, we were creating. Uh, scenes from Jabba's sail barge and we were living by it. But I mean, now we've got iPods and iPhones and it's, it's a different climate, you know, with that stuff. So uh, it's hard really to draw comparisons fairly, but uh, he couldn't care less. It's just a, to him, it's a, it's a movie with bangs and whistles and, and stuff like that. So, uh, and I mean, forget it, the original trilogy, he's not going to sit through all that dialogue and actual acting, you know, he doesn't <laughs> care about that either. He finds it boring. He wants to see Darth Vader. So it's hard to draw parallels. That was the great part of Rogue One, which actually that Darth Vader scene at the end of Rogue One was added in later, but with a different director. They actually didn't have that in the original. Um, That's right, was yeah. Interesting. Oh, it was fantastic. I thought it was a great movie. You know, no movie is without its flaws, apart from Alien and Back to the Future, maybe. But, um, you know, <laughs> I thought it, it, it was a pretty, uh, it, it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Now, dare I ask what you thought of the prequel trilogy? Ah, you know. I, I don't know. I don't really think about it, to be honest. It is. So I guess that answers your question. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I was very mixed on it. Well, I understand that Lucas was trying to do something new, and you can't fault him for that. But again, the execution of it, maybe not. Again, I'm not a movie maker, so it's, you know, you get a lot of backseat, you know, people behind, you know, in their living rooms. It's like football managers, you know, like soccer managers. You know, everyone will do a better job than the actual guy that's there. But you know, I can't make movies. I haven't really got a clue. What, I couldn't make 
point one of a percent of what George Lucas makes. But I, you know, you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. Um, but again, didn't really do it for me. The first one was okay. Attack of the Clones is a great action movie, but the romance between Luke and Leia's parents is just terrible. They didn't sell it. And then the third one, I actually did like it just because it, it just shows where Darth Vader came from. There's Lucas has this t- ability to be a little corny. Like, you know, when he finally finds out that Padme is, is dead and that he, uh, you know, and he's been transformed, he does that no kind of thing. And you're like, yeah. oh, come on, really? Yeah. I mean, it was a bit of a weird thing as well because they said it was for kids, but then you've got all this politics going on in the Senate and you've got Anakin burning up. and So it wasn't really for kids, in a, you know, in that sense. You know, again, if I'm a six-year-old kid, I'm not going to look at deals with the Trade Federation and, you know, taxes and stuff like that. I don't care about that stuff. So I don't know, man. Again, this is inherent with all art forms. You know, you're going to get generations of people that grow up with the original the original film, the original book, the original album, whatever it is. And it's just inherent. It's, it's inherent in all this type of stuff. You know, you're going to get purists. You're going to get people that don't care. You're going to get younger generations that, you know, yeah. grow up with their version of it. And then they, they, the cycle repeats. So it's, it's a natural thing, man. But, um, you know, we'll see what they do with the future of the trilogy. As I said, I love The Mandalorian. I think general consensus is that it was, uh, it was generally well-received. Uh, uh, received, rather. Yeah. It was fun. It was Star Wars without being attached to the Skywalker saga so tightly. It was good fun, you know, good fun, good characters. And introducing some of the EU lore in there as well with the Darksaber um, at the end. So yeah. I think that was introduced during the uh, the Clone Wars. But Dave Filoni, you know, Dave Filoni and, and the other guys, they're introducing that stuff as well. So they're making all that canon. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. That's, that's an exciting prospect, you know, because it takes the pressure off. It's like writing, if you write... I mean, I, you know, I can only compare it to, you know, can you imagine writing Master of Puppets? Like, how do you, how do you top that? You must have a, an incredible amount of pressure. Or sure. if you wrote those three, you know, Seventh Son, Somewhere in Time, and Power Slave, let's just say, as a trilogy, now you've got to better it. It's got to be, and it's a good pressure to have, but I mean, there's got to be some pressure on you to come up with something better. But I guess that's what spurs you on. You know, you've got something that's good and it's been well received. Now you've got the challenge to, to better it. And if... If that's not the way of thinking, then you shouldn't be doing it anyway, in my opinion. You know, you, you should better what you've done before, or, or why bother? But, uh, but it's interesting to see what they do next anyway. Obviously, Star Wars appealed to kids quite a bit. I mean, they, they, I think they actually went more in the kid direction once they started making money on the toys and the merchandising and then having, like, the Ewoks animated thing show and all the other stuff. I mean, they... But, it, but by the same token, I sit there thinking, it's the same problem that heavy metal bands have. It's the same problem that comic book fans have, where, like, people grow older and you don't want to just keep it necessarily oriented towards kids anymore. Obviously, Rob's lyrics and the recent pre-stuff have gotten are different than the 80s stuff. You know, he's older now and there's different things on his mind that uh, obviously a lot of us have gotten older as well. And comic book fans, some of them want to stick with what they grew up with, but then you have to modernize it a bit as well in order for yeah, more absolutely. people... But at the same time, you can't be seen to be pandering to anything. You know, as you said, there's a bit of a, uh, it's a, it's a fine line. But I mean, I just think it's sometimes because of that, you, you gain an audience or, or you lose the old one. It's, it's what, um, again, it's that artistic thing, man. But you've got you to do what's true to you. You've got to make the film that's, that you want to make and you want to make the, the record that you want to make and sing about what you want to sing about. So Rob's always, um, as you said, it's different lyrics to what it was in the 80s or the 70s or, you know, whatever. Some people might like that as they grow older. Some people might might not. You know, it's just one of those things. But, uh, dude, it's, it's art, isn't it? It's creative art. It's uh, expression, and it's uh, 
how people receive it and how people perceive it and all that stuff. So it's a long way that continues. Luckily, everyone's got different opinions, you know what I mean? Otherwise, it would yeah, yeah. be a boring world. How deep have you gone into, like, the non-movie stuff? Like, you obviously watched The Mandalorian. Have you, are there, like, have you been reading books, playing video games, reading the comic books? Are there other areas that you've gone into beyond the, the films? I used to read some of the extended universe stuff, yeah. Um, and then the games and stuff, you know, like, like they're making canon now, which are, you know, the... Um, I can't remember the name of it, Fallen Order or something like that. So they've right. made that canon, played that, and obviously the Battlefront 2 games, when they, they introduced canon stuff into those and with regular updates. So I'm a big fan of that because you almost create your own movie or you played a part in the movie, if you know what I mean. And somehow they get that more correct than the films seem to. You know, the Jedi Fallen Order was great. It was, you know, on brand. I hate that term, but I don't know how else to say it. But you know what I mean? It was definitely yeah. it hit all the right notes. The humor was right. The characters were right. The story, you know the tone and everything was right and they, they seem to get that more more uh, i guess it's the audience that's playing it you know there's a, a, a demographic playing video games maybe which grew up with the original trilogy or whatever it may be and they're sort of focused towards that demographic so maybe it works better in me being one of them so but yeah i really enjoy the video games and yeah the mandalorian as i said was a great thing so i'm excited to see what they do yeah i see here actually fallen order came out last year it was 2019 yeah, I don't always have the time to dig that deeply into things because I'm trying to keep up with so much stuff, and I'm, I, I sure. just even now with even with this quarantine, I look at Netflix and like I'm screwed. You know, there's no way I can keep up right, yeah. with every little thing. But there's some people that really get into the Star Wars stuff. I was chatting with somebody on Facebook, and they just they 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 found like one mistake that had been done in a recent uh, a story or something, and and it, this writer normally was on point with stuff. I'm like, it's really hard because nobody expected to have all these sequels. Lucas had talked about three trilogies back in the day, but nobody expected it to get this big. No, exactly. No, it's one of those things. I don't think, uh, again, that creative statement and you're doing it commercially, no one knows how it's going to be received. You know, you do an album. One of the, you know, some of the worst albums, worst received albums were some of the best ideas at the time. You know, you, you never know how it's going to be received. So, yeah, who knew? But, you know, as I said, the cycle will probably repeat with this new trilogy, this will be the original trilogy to some people. And we'll, it's interesting to see what it's going to do in the next 20 years for the next 20 years of Star Wars fans and music fans alike. What was it that captivated you so much initially with the original trilogy? Why does it? Why did it affect you the way that it did? Like everyone, it's universally relatable on some level. You know, you've got the farm boy, you know, you've got the, the rogue, the smuggler, whatever. You've got the girl, you've got the sage, you know, the teacher and all that, princess. Uh, I think it just connected with everyone for the same reasons. Plus they had lightsabers. I think lightsabers <laughs> was a big deal. I don't think lightsabers has ever been, have ever been recreated um, on a sort of impress, impressive level as far as weaponry is concerned. I think, you know, they, they keep kind of, you know, with Kylo Ren's uh, crosshair saber, they keep ad- adapting it. But uh, I don't think they've bettered it in terms of, you know, it's like the, the Gibson's guitars from the 50s. You know, they, they try to better them. But, you know, people keep going back to the classics. You know, it's like an old Ford or something. But, yeah, definitely, like, all, all the themes that resonated with with everyone, you know, love and loss and uh, adventure and challenges and all that sort of stuff and the character arts plus lightsabers, I think that's what they did for me. Have you seen this thing, this company, I think it's Wicked Lasers, that made a real-life lightsaber? They, they wrote about this on CNET. I haven't seen it, no. Yeah, it's a few years I mean, ago. That... If, if it was a real lightsaber, like a real, real one, got to be some power there you know i know it's, it's interesting what, what as far as like collectibles like what's the craziest collectible that you got or spent a crazy amount of money on in the star wars world and then what's something that you wanted to get and decided not to i think so far it's the uh r2d2 life-size again from sideshow 
But apart from that, I mean, I don't really do anything too crazy. Uh, you know, the Darth Vader helmet, that's the only piece of um, sequel trilogy that I have is the, the melted Vader helmet from um, Force Awakens. But apart from that, again, depending on, uh, as I said before, some of the old um, Master Replica lightsabers, you're out of commission now. But uh, So you can get some of those on eBay for like thousands and thousands of dollars. So just stuff like yeah. that, really, when it, when it goes out of circulation like the old original Kenner Boba Fett's and Yak yeah. bases and stuff like that the ones with the rocket launches and stuff I mean that's that's beyond my sort of fan level to be honest with you but stuff like that I've got my own version of it as I said like the master replica stuff usually you pay more it's like anything mate when they're not available anymore and you can't get them anymore that's when the price goes up so uh, but I mean, it's like guitars man it, the collection never stops you know you always see something that you haven't got or you always want something slightly different or as I said before, this is the, you know the original Boba Fett, and this one's got the the rocket pack, which got discontinued because it was um, it was dangerous to kids. So you've got to have both of those, you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's like with any collection, man. The rare stuff is the is the stuff that everyone wants for for good reason. Uh, dare I ask how much a real life size R two D two goes for? Again, there's different versions. I think the original one you can find on eBay for about fifteen thousand, and then uh, the uh, the one the current one I think is about seven. But then you see everyone wants the original one because it's, it's exactly the same thing. But like, yeah, but yeah. this one was the original, original release, so that one goes for more. But uh, but yeah, so they're not they're not cheap these things. But um, I guess people could equate them to you know works of art or paintings, whatever whatever inspires you. You know what I mean? And uh, some of them ain't cheap, but they're worth it. You know. If you were to get the chance to have like a cameo in like the Mandalorian or a Star Wars project, what kind of what character or what kind of character would you like to play? It's a good question. Um, well, if it, if it was anything with a helmet, there wouldn't, no one would know it was me. Did you know I'm actually in The Force Awakens? I'm uh, the trooper. That, no, I'm joking with you, but you wouldn't know is my point. Um, <laughs> like Daniel Craig. Exactly, yeah. But uh, maybe like a trooper, you know, like the Obi-Wan, General Kenobi, you know, in the Clone Wars, he, he wore like a, he wore a trooper, clone trooper uh, suit, but he didn't have a mask. So something like that, maybe like a, maybe like a stormtrooper uh, general with no mask. So you'd know it was me, but... Um, still in the Stormtrooper suit. Are there any other Star Wars stories that you want to see on screen? That's a good question. I mean, some of those um, extended universe, there, there was one, uh, Tales from Jabba's Palace or something like that, and there was a few short stories in there about all the people that were at Jabba's Palace. It would be good to see like a like an hour-long montage of those short stories. Some, some of them are short, some of them are, you know, maybe a few minutes long as you read them, uh, but it would be good to see something like that, like, yeah, I'd say that, or the story about the people in the, in the Mos Eisley Cantina, something like that. But I'll go with Jabba. There's a story in there uh, about the Rancor Keeper and right. what he was going through, and he used to take the Rancor out, and he'd, he'd run it uh, through the desert, you know, to, to keep it fit, and then what he went through when Luke killed him and stuff. Uh, it's, just, it's not a long story, but it's a short one in this book, and just like a montage of that type of stuff, maybe, so... Maybe they could do like a series, you know, like a series of hour-long montages of stories from certain themes, you know. It might be fun. Sure. It's it's a fun world to be caught up in. I mean, it's also, you know, you sound like you're a sci-fi fan like me, too. We can go into other areas and kind of come back to it. It's always good. Like, I'm a huge Superman fan of the, at least the first couple movies with Christopher Reeve and things like yeah. that. And it's always go back. Even Superman 3, I can tolerate. But you can always just go back and revisit things. And uh, sometimes when you get older, you might discover things you didn't think about before. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, the good thing is the younger generation will do the same thing. They'll uh, discover things as they get older and different things to think about. So, 
again, it, it will never die, man, and that's the beautiful thing. Well, listen, Richie, thank you very much again for chatting. No worries, man. Thanks for taking the time. And, uh, yeah, no doubt we'll see you around the, um, the Long Island area, New York area, uh, yeah. sometime in the future when all this clears up. Yeah, hopefully. I think you guys are supposed to go out in September, so uh, fingers crossed you'll be out here and uh, there won't be any issues. If not, maybe we'll all, we'll all wear our Stormtrooper helmets for protection. There you go. There you go. That's the answer <laughs> to everything. Now, nice one, man. Stay safe and uh, stay healthy, and yeah, we'll see you soon. You too, man. Thanks. Bye now. That wraps up this latest episode of Side Jams. Please join me for the next installment, which will be coming soon. The tunes used in this episode are from Fox and the Law, and I licensed them through AudioSocket. As always, thank you very much for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.